I don't know why I thought you were going to start with five that time um, to count down, but here we are. I'm going to start with some random fucking numbers next time. Just you wait. Now that you said that. 97. Weird ass numbers. 12. 11. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, hey, Horror Huns. Um, It's your host. My name is Meg. And I'm your other host, V. For those that don't know. So, hi. Welcome to our podcast. Um... This week I watched Terrifier, yes. which I watched All Hallows Eve during our Halloween party last year, and I wanted to watch Terrifier, you know, just because it's the second part. But um, I still have 20 minutes left of it because <laughs> it was not my jam, not my vibe. Um, I don't know what it was about that movie that I was just like, okay, like... And it also made me think that, like, I think the reason that I would be a final girl is because, like, a lot of these girls in these movies just don't attempt to, like, kill these people. Like, I don't know what her name was, but she was just, like, swinging. Like, she was swinging just to hurt him, just to get away. Like, pick up that knife and fucking kill him, sis. Like, or he's gonna (laughs) kill you. But then that night I had a dream that I was in the movie Terrifier. And I was telling V before we started recording that I've been doing, like, a lot of um, dream work. And um, in my dream, I was in the basement of my old house, which was, like, unfinished. So, you know, it was scary. Um, And I don't know who close to me that he killed, but, like, I could feel the emotions that Art the Clown killed somebody that was close to me. And um, then I just walked over to him and deflated him like he was, like, a beach ball or something like he just kind of deflated and that was that like a pool raft and that's how I (laughs) defeated Art the Clown (laughs) that's some Pennywise shit right there I know so then I was like what is this trying to tell me but I don't know something to think about there's different elements into it like dreaming of your old house dreaming of feelings of someone close to you is dead like there could be combinations of things. You just need to look it up and then try and... There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, when we were talking about it before we started, I was telling Meg that last year, this um, early last year, I was having constant dreams of my nails breaking off or, like, just one single nail broke off. And <laughs> it pretty much was meaning that I was broken mentally and then pretty much a couple weeks later full-on mental breakdown so you know your dreams do really tell you (laughs) if you're gonna fuck some shit up mentally yes they really do um and that's on witchcraft anyway um speaking of my old house segue into today's topic my basement at my old house was very scary you would think that it was in a haunted house but it wasn't that house was not haunted But today, we are going to be talking about haunted house movies, which is like one of my favorite types of horror movies. I love a good haunted house movie. We were discussing this like quite a few weeks ago that you like to go to haunted houses. I love to go to haunted houses. Love it. But it's not really a thing over here in the UK. That makes me so sad. That makes me so sad. But then again, I've got... (laughs) 
<laughs> major anxiety and I'm a major fucking wet bag. So that sort of thing would literally set me off into tears. I love haunted houses so much. Me and my cousin Matt um, have been going to haunted houses since we were teenagers and Matt and I when we were teenagers would always watch scary movies together that was just like our thing and so it's just spawned a love of like literal haunted houses and no we will not be talking about Hell House LLC because we are talking about like haunted houses i.e where you live but V if you come and visit and it's haunted house season, I'm taking you because the key is just to laugh your way through it. Do a shot when you're in the parking lot so you're like just a little bit fucked up and then just have the time of your life. It's so much fun. To be honest, I'm going to need to be obliterated. <laughs> you can just stand next to me. That's what Mike, um, my cousin's ex, used to do. He, We would just... He would be so scared. He would be like clung onto me and um, I would just be laughing the whole time. So he'd be like screaming in my ear and I would just be absolutely dying of laughter. Um, <laughs> that'd be us. Okay. <laughs> that would be me. I've done just my training. For dear life, like, get me out of here now. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I love that for us. Um, But yeah, we're going to be talking about haunted house movies. Um, I've said several times that I am a big believer in the paranormal. Um, So haunted house movies just have such a large piece of my heart. Do you like haunted house movies, V? Um, To be honest, I do. But a lot of them have uh, a mixture of haunted houses and possession. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like one of those things where they're just... I think the most of them I've watched have just been um, possession movies that have been disguised as haunted house films. So, but obviously one of the ones we're going to be talking about is <laughs> my pick. <laughs> that was like, we need to talk about this. And it's probably my favourite haunted house film. Cool. Like you mentioned possession movies, which we're not going to be talking about those in this um, episode. Mm-hmm. So... Sorry, you'll have to wait until when we do a possession um, episode, but one of the haunted house movies that we're going to be talking about today is the 1979 Amityville Horror. So even though we're not talking about possession movies, this one I feel like toes the line of a possession movie. It kind of does, but it also is a... One of those ones that's got lots of genres mixed into it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a possession movie. It's a based on true events film. It's a haunted house movie. Like All rolled into know, one. Exactly. But yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the Amityville horror films. Okay. I'm just not. Just not. I am kind of like middle of the road just because this movie I feel like is so iconic. Like when I think of a haunted house, like a haunted house movie, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the Amityville house is one of the first things that I think about. Just, I don't know if it's visually the house itself because I think about like the red windows, but there's just something about it. And maybe it's also because it's based on like a well-known true crime case, like this did actually happen, like, Robert DeFeo Jr. shot and killed his family, and, like, somehow we got into making a movie about it. I 
guess because of the Lutz family. Yeah, I think so. I think because the main reason why I don't like these films is because I'm also a true crime nut. Like, I I am such a whore for true crime. It's unbelievable. So... I've watched a lot of stuff and listened to a lot of stuff about, you know, the events that happened for the Amityville horror. So seeing the film's interpretations of, you know, the true events sort of thing, it's kind of like, I get it. But it turns up the dramatics to 100 Mm -hmm. when, you know, certain things are just scary. So stuff like the Annabelle doll. I think it's much creepier that it's a in real life it's a raggedy andal compared to the dramatic interpretation of the Conjuring films Annabelle if that makes sense. Yeah, we could probably get into like a whole big like Warren talk because like Ed and Lorraine Warren also made Amityville famous, but I guess it's just like this absolute travesty was somehow brought with paranormal entities like I guess it's the unknown that makes it so popular like people like watching something that kind of chills them and both of those things like (laughs) killing your family and also maybe possibly living in a haunted house is just like mind-blowing to some people so I think that that's why it has some fame but personally I I do like the the theme of um, Amityville, like just the general ambiance that you get, which I also contribute a big part of that to the score of the movie, like just really makes it stand out to me. Yeah, I agree with you on that, that I think that is what makes the film great. The editing, oh my god, at the beginning when they're walking up the stairs and it's Dude. like a freeze frame. Dude, I know. <laughs> and then it cuts to like the killing. So I'm just like, <laughs> what were we doing? What? Yeah. What is going on here? <laughs> like you can tell it's a 70s film with the editing style. Like, oh my god. If the costumes didn't give it away, I mean, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. The editing did. <laughs> and like to think about it like the red eyes in the window are just so corny now but like i'm sure that they really startled original audiences because like i'm not gonna lie if that happened to me i would be absolutely so scared oh yeah like i was when i was um watching stuff about it and i watched it i was thinking i was like when this first was released people probably shit their pants but now in 2022 you look at it and you're just like, how is anyone scared of this? But you've got to think about the time and the special effects that were around at the time. And we've been very blessed to see the evolution mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of special effects in cinema. And uh, I know that Margot Kidder, which she is like the mom in that, she has gone on record to say that she like didn't like the movie either. So you're not the only one that has some kind of mixed feelings about it, which is just funny to me because this has gone on to be such an iconic film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think... I'm obviously being very critical of it because it is such an older film and because we've watched so many films, horror films by this point, 
that it's just kind of like it looks like it's cheaply made but at the time it probably wasn't so I'm just being very hypercritical of it using my you know youth brain when you know it is beloved by people but the thing that gets me about the whole like the true story and the film is that the family knew the whole time it was a murder house and they still decided to live in it like they only had themselves to blame at the end of the day that's true (laughs) so you had mentioned the money aspect of it so the budget for this movie was 4.7 million dollars so that was back in like 1978 but no i i also was kind of unsettled by this movie i'm not gonna lie to you because of the freaking flies oh bitch one of my notes is why did that priest allow flies to just sit on his face i would been repeatedly slapped in my face i know like i'm not a fan of bugs but flies are disgusting and that just that scene made me like squirm in my seat because i would have been just like you absolutely losing my fucking mind i don't know how the actor of the priest stayed so calm for that long to get that that even that like little bit that scene I would have been, like, squinting, I think it was the cinematographer. He was very uncomfortable being on set with those flies, too. It's just... But I do say in this film, I liked that we got to see, like, George's unraveling. Like, James Brolin, I think that's his last name, did a really, really good job of going from this kind of, like, lovable stepdad that you want to, like root for into just this unhinged maniac but still I feel like you could see a sliver of his past self like once he began to spiral like he didn't ever a hundred percent lose himself in that and I think that he did a really good job and he agreed to do this film without even reading the script he just read the book and he was like yeah I'm down and um when I was doing my research for this apparently he played the role too well that for a few years he could not get a job an acting job because he played being so unhinged so well that people were just like uh we're gonna pass on you thanks <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i probably would have gone back to get that dog too yeah 100 percent. save the animals you know yes um so i have like mixed feelings about this movie but you're not a fan no it's just i've got this weird hate hate relationship no love hate relationships with films that are based on true events because they just turn the dramatics up too much that it makes it so unbelievable for me and also because of that aspect because I probably already know the true crime aspect of the story it just it takes me out of it a little bit but it's definitely better than the remake, the 2005 remake of Ryan Reynolds. We know that I love that movie and definitely have a bias just because he looks so sexy in that movie, but I can respect that opinion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about a movie that you really like? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 100%. So this was my contribution to this list. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the 2015 film Crimson Peak. And, oh. Uh, 
I am just in love with this film and the aesthetic and everything about this film. I, too, want to walk around a haunted mansion wearing a flowy nightgown holding, like, a big candle opera. Like, yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. I remember the first time watching it and I I just fell in love with it instantly. The story, the actors, the cinematography, the costumes... It should have been nominated for so many awards just for the costuming alone. But alas, again, it was a a travesty that none of the known Academy Awards nominated it for anything. Uh, Just frustrating. Once again, horror films being let down by the Academy Awards. Um, Which I didn't even mention that Amityville was nominated for Best Score. But yeah... This movie, like the ambiance that this film gave, was just incredible. And we probably know that it's thanks to Del Toro. I mean, we have said before that we absolutely adore him, so. He has definitely, the more films I see of his come out, he definitely moves up my list more and more each year. Like, he is just one of those directors that has such a special place in my heart. And he's a fellow Libra, so you know. What a king. Libra's got to stick together. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, the first film of his I watched was Pan's Labyrinth. And I've been obsessed with his work ever since then. So a glorious man. And his beard is just immaculate. I just love him. <laughs> I just love him. I love that the visuals, like the visuals that this movie brings, especially the reds. Obviously, it's called Crimson Peak, but. I loved the use of reds in this, um, especially like going up their driveway with the snow. That was absolutely beautiful. And the ghosts in this movie. Guillermo del Toro is so good with the, the character designs of those kind of creatures. It just was so special. And obviously he had one of his um, collaborators that he does with a lot of, you know, the creatures was Doug Jones. Mm. Like, I love that. Doug Jones is just a man special. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The ghost that really was like especially freaky deaky to me was the one that slammed the door to the linen closet. I don't know how to put into words how much this film makes me feel things. There could have been so many things that could have let this film down on, but none of it happened. Like the choices of actors, Sasha actresses. And they just fit the role so perfectly. Jessica Um, Chastain, absolutely crazy in this movie. Oh my god. Her as Lady Lucille was stunning. Stunning. I love her as an actress, but also as a human as well. Like, I was watching Sunk on TikTok and came across a video where um, it was an interview with Octavia Spencer... And she was talking about what Jas- uh, Jessica Chastain did for her on their the, their film together. They did, um, it. She is just what every white ally should be to the black community. Like it, it was just amazing to see that Jessica Chastain spoke about how she just assumed because Octavia Spencer was this big actress that she was getting paid the big bucks. When really, I think that I've read like an article about Jessica Chastain that she like did not have a very good upbringing. Like she was not rich. Like 
she did not have a good home. And so it just also touches your heart in that aspect. But she's an incredible actress and she rightfully won an Academy Award this year for um, her work in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. She was incredible in that movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't, but it is on Disney Plus for me, so I will watch it. I did a thing when I worked with a girl at my previous job where I would give her a movie to watch and she gave me a movie to watch. And we also did that with albums. Um, But we did not have the same upbringing and she recommended me watching that movie and I recommended her watching Scream. If you haven't seen it, V, I would recommend watching it just for her makeup alone. And Chastain has also been um, Mm. Beverly, which is like one of my favorite characters and um it we just went off on a jessica chastain tangent there didn't we (laughs) we just love her so much she's just like i said a great actress but also a great human being so you know yeah but i will say had i gotten the warning that edith did uh beware the crimson peak i would have been forever avoiding the color red yeah as soon as i saw that (laughs) ring red flag the entryway to Allerdale Hall, mm-hmm. red flag. Like, is sis colorblind? Because it was right there in front of her this whole time. Because she had this distinguished gentleman waiting on her hand and foot and trying to, you know, impress her when he was actually piss poor and just trying to get her money. Honey, 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 you blind, you dick blind. You so dick bland. The one thing that I was just like, did we have to do the incest? Did we have to? Ugh. Uh, yeah. That that bit was the only thing for me that was just like what? Like, could it have not been his what? legit wife? Why'd they have to be related? Yeah, yeah I think <sighs> incest in general is just a big <laughs> no thank you i would 100 not want to see that at all but i mean other like, than incest it was a bomb movie i love crimson peak uh i rewatched it for this episode and yeah i this was a great choice for you even though it's not haunted house it's more like haunted castle but you know it's a haunted mansion Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we should have done Haunted Mansion, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's hilarious. I watched Haunted Mansion this past Halloween, but... um, We'll, we'll do that as family. We could horror. do a whole... Isn't it Disney? We could do like a Disney horror. Bingo. Sorted. Put that on our list. Thank you. I, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> well, the last movie that we're going to talk about is my favorite Haunted House movie, but... I think it goes past it. This, like, goes on to one of my probably just favorite movies in general, and that is the 1982 film Poltergeist. So, I hadn't actually watched it before today. Uh, Well, I know, that, like, shreds me up. So, I watched it last night while I sat down, reading my notes, making some notes, and, um, yeah... I've got some thoughts. I've got some feelings. I'm so excited to get into it. I rewatched this film um, for this podcast, and this is probably like my fourth time seeing this movie, and I just love it more each time I watch it. So I'm dying to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, so let me go top down on my notes. Okay. 
so you can see the thought process I was having while watching this film. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. The scene with the dad calming his son down during the storm and then the little girl with the toy phone going, it's for you, cracked me up in such a cute way because she was just like, it's for you. And he's like, take a message. I'm not here. <laughs> yes. And that was one thing. I did not remember the parents being so fucking rad. But they seemed so cool. Like, they seemed cool as hell. Yeah, like, in those kinds of films, the parents normally, like, uptight, really, you know, strict. But the parents were, oh my god, so chill, so relaxed. I was like, damn. Damn. But that storm scene that you mentioned, Robbie could feel that tree's energy. Like, he said no ma'am. But, like, trees hold, like a lot of energy so they're very important like when you're trying to get in touch with nature and that tree just gave a hundred percent bad vibes like he knew what was coming i think robbie's a Mm -hmm. little bit psychic but Mm -hmm. yeah bad juju bad juju a hundred percent bad juju um um, i would have a hundred percent done the same thing with covering that creepy ass fucking clown you sent me a Snapchat about that. I would have actually that. chucked it out the fucking window. I would have yeeted it. My question, though, before you get into your story, mm-hmm. is, is this a new doll or did they have it prior to moving in? Because what made him snap and be like, mm-mm, not tonight? Yeah, like, he, it, may, it may be his, like, usual ritual, but also, why the fuck would it have its own separate chair? I know. Sitting right at the end of the bed. Makes me sick. <laughs> Who the fuck would do that? Who? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so when I was little, um, we um, used to stay with a family friend um, in Wales, I believe. And the room we used to sleep in, I think, was an attic. Loads of those creepy fucking clown type looking shit. Goodbye. Everywhere. Uh, it's like the bed, opposite side of the room, a clown. I'm not surprised I haven't got a phobia of clowns because of that. But it was just... Mm-mm. That clown Mm-mm. in Poltergeist reminds me so much of those clowns that was in that room that it just gave me such an uneasy feeling watching it. I was like, that clown needs to be burnt alive. Yes, if you are a Burning. creepy clown doll collector, jail immediately. Goodbye. Nope. Mm-mm. The only creepy clown, quote-unquote creepy clown thing I have is the Living Dead doll, um, Tim Curry, Pennywise. That's forgiven. That's, That's forgiven. He looks adorable. I know. I've seen the <laughs> photos of him. He's very cute. Um, he is. He is. <laughs> um, right, moving on. This is the new paragraph. <laughs> um, thank God I'm not epileptic, because that bedroom TV scene, I think, would have actually killed me. Even then, it gave me a slight headache watching that scene. That is one thing about this movie that personally I love. Like, I love the use of lighting in this movie from the TVs to the closet scenes, even the stair scene. Like, I liked that that is how they portrayed the spirit world was through their lighting. So it's interesting that you were not a fan. It was only that I wasn't a fan of because of how quick it was the quick strobes um if it was like slightly less intense i would have been completely okay with it but because of it being so quick and so bright 
and just in your face. It gave me a slight headache watching it. I was like, oof, this hurts. This movie has just definitely solidified the fear that I get when TVs do that. Like, there's something about that that just is so fucking unsettling. (laughs) And especially, they're here. Oh my god, if I heard that as a fucking parent, I think I would absolutely shit my stomach out. I'd be that scared. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who are you talking about? Who's here? <laughs> what's what's going on, you know? Um, the mum changing the channel from static to a war film while their daughter is like staring really close to it um, and saying um, it will hurt your eyes. Make it make sense. How was that supposed to help? Huh? How was that supposed to help? I guess she didn't just want her staring at that. At least it was moving so it wouldn't be like burned into her retinas. But Yeah, but at least put Mr. Rogers on. Why a war film? <laughs> you what know? Was what was on the next channel? I'll forgive Diane this time for that. <laughs> um, The mum was way too chilled about the whole kitchen shit. Like, she was just way too excited and too chilled about it. This is where you and I differ, because if I would have probably reacted the same way that she did if chairs were moving in my kitchen. Like, she was so stoked. Like, I find paranormal stuff fascinating, so I would have been just as excited as her. I find it fascinating, but I know from a fact I would have just stood there in shock for a good hour just going what the fuck what the fuck huh i think at first i would be scared but then i probably would want to do exactly what she did and just experiment with it because that is so interesting that she got to witness it firsthand and i loved when the dad came home and she was like just have an open mind like how you used to before we were married like that that scene cracked me up that was cute. That was really cute. And also putting <laughs> the helmet on the little girl, putting her in the spot and then sliding across and then she's like, that was fun. Yes. she's No more, please. <laughs> Heather O'Rourke is so, was so, so cute in this film. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Like, oh, so adorable. Um, a lot of shit happened in 40 minutes like i thought i was like really far into the film no it had been 40 minutes and i still had an hour and 10 left i was just like what what more could happen what more could happen huh um well a lot more could happen the tree ate the sun the closet ate the youngest daughter no one thought to stay with her and then she got stuck in the tv basically like I think that that's why I like this movie so much is because so much happens to these people. Like, you truly get to go on a journey with these people. Yeah. And I do love, after the youngest disappears, obviously the dad's off work, but he hasn't gone anywhere. He's still loving towards his wife, still loving towards the kids. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, the son, the oldest daughter. Normally in that portrayal, the dad is like a drunk, angry at everyone, like slapping shit, breaking shit. But this was such a nice representation of a dad who, yes, the, the family's gone through a traumatic thing, but he is still there for his family and not taking this shit out on them. Yes, but this movie made you love and sympathize with the Freelings. Like, Diane's love for her children was 
so heartwarming and like the dad wanted to make sure that his family was safe like they went and stayed somewhere else and he was like we needed to take care of this as a family but we need to also keep you guys safe and yeah I I love this movie it's also probably because it was written by Spielberg so he has a way of doing that you know it was also written by Michael Grias? I don't know how to say it, y'all. I'll spell it for you. It's G-R-A-I-S. Get it. Get it. Grays? Grays? I bet it's Grays. I bet it's Grays. Why are you looking at me? I'm dyslexic as fuck, mate. <laughs> and also written by Mark Victor. So, um, three writers on this, but one of them is Spielberg. So, you aren't gonna have, like, some shitty family. You know what I'm saying? Like... No. But I will say it was directed by Toby Hooper, who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Salem's Lot. So what a what a king, what an icon. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So the the scenes that start with the paranormal normal investigators, mm-hmm. I love them so much. And they're like, "Well, where did this all begin?" And they're like, "We keep this room locked." And they're like, "But why?" unlocks it shows them and shit is just flying everywhere and they're just like oh okay um yes i right i love that scene and i also love when they show like everything in that room shifting towards the closet it's just like how Mm -hmm. are they doing this shit like i love this film so much especially like you said the paranormal investigators like they were so cute and zelda rubenstein when she came in She's so fucking cute. I oh, she's so small. She is so small. I when she like gave, like appeared on my screen, I was like, oh my god, I love this woman so much. I knew that you would like, like when I was rewatching it. That's when I started texting you, and I was like, if you haven't already watched Poltergeist, you are going to love it. And I'm so yeah. glad that it was because of the character that I thought that you would like. So that makes me happy. Oh, she's just, she was just so small. She knew what she was doing. She owned that fucking place. She, oh, mm, mm, mm. Uh, it was just nice that they had such heartwarming scenes. Like yeah. the lead um, paranormal investigator when she's talking to the mum and the son. And it was just such, in like the craziness of everything. It was just such a nice moment. And the fact that they allowed their oldest daughter to go stay with friends mm-hmm. and not like force her to stay in the house while this is all going on like they they were very understanding of everything their kids were going through and trying to do the best for them while also trying to find out what happened to the their youngest pretty much yeah i think that that's probably why this film is on my favorite films list because there's just like a warmth underneath it all like this movie is spooky but it's also like a feel-good movie in a way as well so I I I personally love this movie and you had mentioned earlier that like so much happened in it too and it's like just when you thought that the movie was ending it was like haha bitch not yet like Mm -hmm. that was the one issue that I had is just like why aren't you automatically out of there like I would not have allowed my kids to sleep in that room anymore 
No. Absolutely not. Like, and it was the fact that she was like, I'm going to go for a bath now. You two put yourself to bed, okay? Why did you leave, one, leave him alone? Like, I get you need to have a bath, but all you were doing really was dyeing your hair. You looked fine with the grey streaks. You should have owned it, girly. Like, let's face it. But just... Uh, why also keeping that fuck why was that creepy clown still there why was that not packed up yeah <laughs> you know they're the actor that played um robbie said that like that clown had malfunctioned so when it was strangling him it was like actually strangling him like there was a lot of rumors that this film was cursed because they used real skeletons in that pool scene, which, I mean... Because it was cheaper. <laughs> well, I mean, like, movies have been using real skeletons for a while, but... That was a lot of real skeletons, though. Like, a fuck ton. Yeah, it was. And I would be just as pissed off as the dad was if my house had been built on top of a fucking cemetery and my employers didn't disclose that to me. Oh my god, I would have been so mad. No, it was the fact, the scene, when he, you know, the dad's speaking to his boss, and they're like, oh yeah, we relocate the cemetery. Like, making it seem like they relocate everything from the cemetery. And then obviously we get to, like, the second part where it all starts up again, and all these bodies are, like, floating up, and the boss is there, and he's like, all you did was just move the headstones. You you did jack shit. You didn't relocate the bodies to go with the headstones. So the the spirits obviously were upset. Like, this is why you don't build on actual burial grounds, period. But also, how disrespectful is that to the families? Like Yeah. I would be an angry ghost. I would be, I would be very pissed off. Shit. Yes. Like my family can't visit me anymore and it's all your fucking fault like obviously i'm not going to be buried i'm going to be cremated but (laughs) but that's a different thing (laughs) that is a different thing so overall did you like this movie though i did i did enjoy it yay i did i gave you a good recommendation once again yes yeah like obviously you know nowadays the special effects could could have been amplified if they had redone it. Well, they had redone it, but it's obviously not as good. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. Obviously, Spielberg. Like, his involvement. Anything with Spielberg is going to be a winner, really, don't you think? Absolutely. And you had said the remake. Did you watch the remake? I haven't watched the remake because you know what? All they did was just advertise the clown. Why the fuck would I want to watch that? You, you know? Sh- we should, you should watch it so we can put it on our next reboot roulette wheel because there's a lot to dissect about the differences and a lot of people had a lot of feelings about that remake. Okay, I will watch it at some point. Like, yeah, I, I just... It's just one of those ones where now I've seen the original and the original is really good. The reboot, I know, is terrible. So (laughs) I don't know if I want to put myself through that. But for you, 
I will put myself through that. Okay, thank you. Like, I mean, for God's sake, I watched um, <laughs> Killer Pinatas this month. I couldn't even finish it because it was so fucking bad. It'll be my payback for you making me watch ABC's A Duff. <laughs> which we will get into. You haven't even finished it yet, so, you know. We'll get into that in um, an upcoming episode, but um, not today. Yeah. So... Nope, not today. V, I have a little game for you. Oh, fucking hell, no. You didn't tell me about this. (laughs) If you had to write a haunted house movie, what are, like, three iconic, like, haunted house type things that you would include to make your movie a super scary haunted house movie? I would include a basement. Okay. Because over in the UK, we don't really have basements. And they always seem really fucking creepy. They can be. In films. As I mentioned so, earlier, my old basement, very scary. Yeah. So, the haunted houses would definitely have to have a basement. Um, I think also a lot of electrical issues. Mm. So, lights definitely have got to be one of the things that gets messed with. Because ghosts essentially are pure energy mm-hmm. if you think about it they are so they're gonna interfere with electricity so you know your lights your electronics you know that sort of thing would be interrupted and would get fucked up by it so that would be one of the things that i'd go that's it i'm out of here see you later gotta go um and things looking like shapes in the corner of your eye if you know what I mean by that. Mm. So I can't remember what film it is, but I think they did it a lot. The, the main character would see, like, things would make figure figure shapes. Are you talking about Night and House? Then, yes. Yeah. There we go, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips. And I think the way they do it is so clever. Like, out of the corner of your eye, you're like, that looks like a thing. And then you turn, and it's just average things so i think those would be the main three things um that if i had to do a haunted house film those would be like one of the key three things that would happen and that i would need to have i think i would do probably children's laughter because when you hear children laughing horrifying no i hate it i fucking hate it i can't do it (laughs) i too would want to do glowing eyes but not like amityville eyes probably just like how scary would it be if like you were laying in your bed and you opened your eyes and there was like kind of like a black shadow with just glowing eyes that would be horrifying i think oh you mean like sleep paralysis that i'd suffer with (laughs) yeah um that and hmm probably like when your animal's like growl or like go crazy over nothing that is also chilling because it's like what can you see that i can't see my cats just randomly sit there and all of a sudden they'll dart their head and stare at nothing and it's just like what the fuck please don't do that to me why are you staring at this random wall like come on we say that chicken um which we have a dog named chicken enchilada um, we say that chicken has human eyes and sometimes she'll just like look at something so intently and it'll just be nothing. 
And she's the one that was crying when I heard that voice. So spooky. But I think dogs definitely have this the the sense of knowing when there is an entity around. Like in Poltergeist, that dog That dog knew. Was very intuitious and I'm very glad they put the dog in the taxi. Yes. To save it. Always save the dog. Always well, always save the animal. There was a dog like, in all three of our movies. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Why have they always got because like I said, dogs have the best intuition about that sort of thing. So, you know, using dogs in haunted house films or like, you know, poltergeisty films. Yes. It makes sense because yes. they do have the sense. They got the sixth sense. Boom! It's all connected now. I'm gonna make a, do- a, do- a board with all the red lines. It makes sense now. It makes sense. Like, like um, Charlie Owl voice. I was literally about to say the same thing. Before <laughs> we go, though, there was one scene in Poltergeist that I thought you would really like, and I hope that you did. It was the melting face scene. Oh my god. I. Oh, the special effects in that, like, obviously, you could tell it was a fake head. But I just loved it. Like, if that was happening to me, I would have probably done the same thing. Like, I would have just kept picking and picking and picking. And because, like, if you if you looked and your food is covering maggots and then all of a sudden your skin just starts ripping, I would have done the same thing, my dude. It was so good. Yeah. But also, it was good for the time. It was crazy. Like, yeah, it was nominated for three Oscars for best score, best sound effects editing, and best visual effects. So, as it should, as it should. I, it, this is like, again, I'm going gonna go off on a tangent because we've got time to go on for tangent, really. <laughs> we got time. Um, horror films need to be nominated for more awards like the oscars because some of the visual effects the schools the costuming the makeup everything is so much better than all these you know classic oscar films like please for the love of god nominate more horror movies to be in these um categories i was about to say please for the love of god nominate mia goth for x because she fucking killed in that movie yeah like yeah it yes a hundred percent i could not agree with you more but i'm glad that this movie got a little recognition because it's just so good and i love it so much and May we take a moment to talk about Heather O'Rourke and Dominique Dunn, which both of them tragically lost their lives. Did you know about that? No. So the little girl um, from Poltergeist, she died when they were filming Poltergeist 3, so they didn't get to finish it, um, or they did, but like not with her. She was being treated for something and it wasn't the correct treatment and so um she had a bowel obstruction and they were giving her steroids to treat a different disease and she died um she was 12 yes so it was very tragic and dominique dunn who was the older sister um was 
strangled to death by her abusive boyfriend. Um, so both of these young ladies lost their lives after filming Poltergeist, and it is an absolute tragedy. Um, so just want to take a second to say, very sad, but they both gave insanely great performances in Poltergeist, especially Lil Heather O'Rourke, because I said it before, the there here, that line just gave me goose bumps the first time I heard it because children are definitely like dogs in touch with spirits and if my little kid was saying that I'd be like "Mm -mm, honey no yeah that is extremely sad like sorry to upset you Heather no it's it's always sad to hear about you know actors actresses dying like quite young but the fact she was 12 and she had so much life ahead of her yeah she could could have become one of the biggest actresses and sadly because of you know mistreatment in a hospital it just goes to show that you know hospitals occasionally just don't know what they're doing and looking at it apparently she was exhibiting flu-like symptoms she um collapsed the following morning and was rushed to a community hospital um, and then en route, she suffered cardiac arrest. Very sad. So it is extremely sad. The fact that all she was able to film, film-wise, was poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Like, she was part of, like, TV shows, but really, her big claims were poltergeist. And she could have she could have had such a big career as a screen queen, most likely. Yeah. Very sad. Um... But if you haven't seen or heard about it, um, Shudder has a show called Cursed Films, and they have a Poltergeist episode, so I would recommend watching it. It's pretty good. That's where I got some of the... Yeah, um, oh my god, Shudder. Shudder, hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> you know, we would, we would love to work with you. Um, I love you, Shudder. Yeah, yeah, Shudder. Me and V both have <laughs> subscriptions. Um, but yeah, that's where I got some of the information... Um, that I told you today because they did a um, very touching episode about um, that and they also do one about the Twilight Zone movie which I know that you're a big Twilight Zone fan so you should definitely check it out yeah I I unfortunately know about what happened on the film Mm -hmm. and that you know it's just extremely sad when things happen like that when you're shooting films um, most recently, what happened with Alec Baldwin. Oh, fuck. And that's, you know, still ongoing and shit like that. So, you know, safety within film productions should always be number one. Yeah, did we not it. learn anything from The Crow? Like... Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're redoing that, aren't they? With, um... They're, they're um, gonna redo The Crow. With who? I think with Bill Skarsgård. Hold on, I'm gonna have a look at this. We're going off another tangent because we've got time. <laughs> but <laughs> look at me, feel time. <laughs> I that's a movie that I haven't seen because I've known about that and it I don't know if I would want to sit through that. Um but I know that it's a really good movie, so I probably will, but it'll also make me a little sick to my stomach, I think, watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Scarscar to star in the crow reboot well you know i'm gonna watch it uh rupert sanders directing 
What else has he done? Uh, let's have a look. What does it say about me that when I type in Rupert, the first one that comes up is Grant? Because I could probably reach right now. I have a Ron Weasley trading card up here. Um, love Rupert Grant. He was my number one crush. He used to be the background on my pink Motorola flip phone. Um, so fun fact about me. Fun fact about Meg. Yeah. Um, okay, so he did the Snow White and the Huntsman movie. He also um, did the Ghost in the Shell movie with um, Whitewash. So what are we thinking, girly? I... I mean, Snow White and the Huntsman is not a bad movie. Let me put that out there now. I really enjoyed it. However, the Ghost in the Shell live action remake with the whitewashing not good not good throw it in the bin should have never ever 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 been made or if it was made make sure you get the right cast or the right origin that the source material is from okay anyway fuck scarlett johansson anyway um yeah so like come on lady that'll come be an on, interesting love. one but um i'm glad that you went out of your comfort zone to watch some haunted house movies because i know that they're not like your favorite but you know they're not ones that i watch religiously if you know what i mean like i will watch <sighs> what's ones that i watch I, I think i watch a lot more horror comedies out of anything those are the ones I pretty much watch any chance I get. Or slashers. Yeah. But haunted houses aren't really ones that I pick up that often. So oh. thank you for introducing me to the poltergeist. I mean, it was on my list. You're so welcome. That you gave me the push to watch it, like Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. We never talked about that. You watched Lost Boys and... I did. Consensus. I, I loved it. I loved it. I really did. Um, there is something about 80s horror movies that just do it. They just do they it. Hit. They hit. As we were saying before we started, McDonald's saver menu stuff just hits differently. It just hits differently. <laughs> That's true. It just um, hits differently. But yeah. Yeah. I, if there's a haunted house movie, your girl's going to see it. I love paranormal movies they're my like one of my favorite horror genres so i'm glad that we got to watch it and these were some pretty iconic movies all across the board 100 percent, yeah like they also very different also well. different yeah what is kind of what i like when we do like a select free films is because for some reason the select free we have the same but different yes yeah, I agree with you. And next week, I'm super excited for oh our topic, which... Me too. I feel like we're about to go off on that one. Oh, honestly, I I just cannot wait for it because we're going to be gushing. We're going to be bitching. We're going to be fucking shit up. So you have that to look forward to for next week <laughs> we didn't really give him anything it could have been <laughs> it could be literally anything but yeah well that is today's episode if you you know miss us you can find us on social media at horror Huns pod on twitter 
and Horror Huns podcast on Instagram. And yeah, we've also got some personal ones, but you'll be able to find them through the, you know, the other social medias of Horror Huns. So yeah, it's been a great episode. Um, We're sorry (laughs) if we just kept going off on tangents, but I looked at how much we have recorded. I was like, fill time, fill time, fill time. We (laughs) had been talking before this for probably like an hour before we started recording. And we were just like showing each other makeup, showing each other like our closet. Like it's just been a whole weird vibe. But um, I'm glad that whoever's listening has gone on the ride with us. And yeah, um, hit us up on social media. Um, Tell us what your favorite haunted house movie is. Um, and hopefully it's Poltergeist because it's the greatest. But V, do you have any last words for today's podcast? Um, no, but I need to whiz whiz. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Horror Huns. Catch you later, guys. Bye.